You know how most songs are based on themes like love, friendship, family, personal conflicts, or observations about or experiences in modern life? Every once in a while, you come across a nature theme or a ghost story or something more abstract, like a Tom Waits or a Steve Poltz song. But very rarely do you hear a theme which is inspired by history that dates back almost a millennium, a history which is shrouded in mystery at that. This is one of those songs, which is the first I have heard that pulls from the Cherokee Indians legend of the Moonite people, who, as the tale goes, inhabited Appalachia before the Cherokee arrived. The first line of this song, Aesop Finn, by Western North Carolina artist Barrett Davis, refers to that mythical race of short, bearded, white-skinned people who had large blue eyes and were blinded by daylight, thus their moon-eyed moniker. From there, Barrett Davis carves his own allegory out of this land filled with waterfalls, maples, and moonshine stills, and conjures a spirit of renewal from an otherwise very dark and tragic tale of loss. The story of Barrett Davis is about as Appalachian as it gets, from his upbringing, his ties to family and community, to his vocation, and ultimately, to his avocation, music. Like the rich texture of the mountains themselves, Barrett has many layers to his story. His debut album, The Ballad of Aesop Finn, features Woody Platt of Steep Canyon Rangers fame and is produced by longtime friend and former bandmate Aaron Aiken, now a member of Asheville indie pop group Pink Beds. For Davis, this album is a big swing, very likely a bigger swing than many other artists' debuts, as it took years of building up the fortitude, resources, and experience needed to bring it to us. We spoke on a video call in early September 2022 and touched on everything from the sense of place in his music to his faith to what he described as the old man emotions that he witnessed on construction sites. It is a conversation that is matched only by the music, and it is all here on this episode on Barrett Davis. I'm your host, Joe Kendrick, and this is Southern Songs and Stories.
Southern Songs and Stories is part of the podcast lineup of both Public Radio WNCW and Osiris Media. Osiris creates music podcasts and events to help music fans deepen their connection to the music they love with all of their shows at OsirisPod.com. Osiris works in partnership with Jam Bass, which connects music fans to the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Capsule versions of Southern Songs and Stories are produced for broadcast on WNCW by me, Corey Askew. More information about this and other podcasts from Grassroots Radio, WNCW at WNCW.org. Our conversation started with the central character to Barrett Davis's album, Aesop Thin. I noted that the collection seemed to be a mythical journey through Appalachian history and asked how he created the character and this sort of parallel world. It kind of starts from the beginning of me being uh, raised in this area in Lake Toxaway. Um, it formulated amongst me being homeschooled and uh, exposed to all different forms of literature. Uh, and my father was a historian. Uh, piecing it all together, um, Aesop Fenn really just represents um, Fenn being the end and uh, Aesop representing a teller of tales. Uh, so it's really just the, uh, it's the end of all tales for me. It's my entry into the music industry and it's, uh, it's a very, very hard process for me right now because I've uh, built up such a, uh, a business right now to, uh, to afford a solo release on a scale of, um, you know, medium-sized label proportions. Uh, it, getting into Aesop Finn himself at the time, uh, it wasn't quite as ambitious. It was mostly um, just a, an enjoyment for me. I wrote the song almost 10 years ago, and I was performing a lot uh, around the Asheville area and uh, getting into the uh, the character of, of him was uh, mostly just out of free thought, it just kind of flowed. I didn't really think about its meaning until this year. Let's talk a little bit about Appalachia, what the tourists see, but also what's really going on, and also the kind of mythical Aesop Finn kind of level. Can you touch on that? Yeah. So one thing that's fascinated me for the longest time is the Moon-Eyed people, um, in which uh, a good friend of my dad's, who is a, uh, he's a, I think he's Cherokee, um, or he might be from, I don't really want to say that. His name is Tom Belt, so he might be from a different um, reservation and, and of a different culture. But he was on UNC TV, and it just came to me like, that's my dad's old friend. He's talking about Judah Color Rock and the Moon-Eyed people. And at the time, that sparked, um, that sparked the first verse of the Ballad of Aesop Finn because it's hard to write about the Moon-Eyed people in a way. Um, especially when there's not that much to find on a, on a people like that. So uh, I'd say the mystic and mythical parts of Appalachia for me that I was exposed to were mostly Native American folklore, um, as well as some of the things we fantasize about and see on TV, um, say like for moonshiners and things like that, or, or any of the stuff that you'd see on reality television. That kind of plays into the touristy side where that's what you think is going on. Um, as far as what's really going on, it's really just a lot of hardworking people living in a rural area. Uh, you have a lot of different religious points of views in this area. Uh, 
but a majority it seems to be good southern uh you know southern baptist kind of kind of people and and it's surprising how much gets swept under the rug and how much people don't talk about uh growing up as a kid here i was raised here born in transylvania county um it's a wonderful area to be in and there's there's a there's a lot of kids that get skipped. It affects our lives every day. <laughs> well, let's go back a bit and talk about your very musical family. And it seems like you were destined to be here and releasing an album and playing music, but you did make a living in the construction business for a good stretch before going ahead and doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, about eight years, eight years total, um, I started doing this to uh, to make a living on the side of music and um, kind of help raise my family at the time. Uh, my wife was Dutch, which is uh, pretty expensive to to get married to a person who's from a different country. So we, um, I had to put on some some uh, grown up shoes and try to fill them. It was really hard. Uh, I did all the immigration paperwork myself, and um, and it really challenged me in a lot of good ways and got me into kind of finding my roots as a carpenter in, from this area. And, and it really stuck with me. I wanted to do carpentry because um, it seemed like something that would give me a commonality to folks that are from here for centuries, as opposed to just being someone who... Yeah, my great-grandfather is from Barnardsville. I have no idea what his family did. It's so close to Asheville, I still have not that, not that much information about his side of the family before him. Um, from my mother's side, it's mostly, um, it's, it's mostly from Europe. So, yeah, that, that was a big reason, just getting into this area um, and getting to know the people around here even better than I did uh, it, it changed me in a lot of good ways. Nice. Oh, talking a little bit about construction and carpentry, in the press materials I got, it's talking about on the job site, there's a lot of old man emotions getting thrown around that none of us would ever talk about. Hearing all those stories just fed you all kinds of song material. Tell us about the old man emotions on the job site. Uh, those are pretty wild. I think one of my good friends, and actually uh, I can't say his name, um, we were talking it for months about just all kinds of stuff. And you know that there's not a lot that, that people will open up about once they get there and nobody actually thinks about, um, well, how do I um, connect with another person on an intimate level? And being raised in a musical family, I'm, I was kind of always the dork. Uh, that's in a construction world. That is what we do. Um, we're artists and emotional people and, there was a lot of um, digging in, you know, digging deeper and, and making each other feel uncomfortable. Uh, you don't find that a lot on a construction crew. So I was definitely the rare bird. Um, and I, I stuck with the same company for almost the entire eight years. Um, yeah, those those emotions, they, they come out for sure, especially as you get to know people and uh, and try to find out more about each other and and challenge each other in different ways. Um, I remember one time I got put in a headlock on a roof, uh, and that was a joke for years after that. 
because it was so funny that we had both argued over how to install a skylight window. Um, yeah, good times. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It's they're all such good people. Um, but it, yeah, it really does. Uh, it really does feed you a lot of material for just processing all of that, you know. Barrett, you've got some quintessentially Southern reference points in your music, the Bible, moonshine, and the region itself, place like Highway 64. Can you talk about how you reflect Southern culture in your music in either a broad sense or maybe more specifically for here in Western North Carolina? Uh, yeah. So for Highway 64, um, I would say that's mostly a Southern vibe to me. It kind of spawned growing up and being exposed to a few people around here that have a large influence on authenticity. One man used to come, his name was Jesse Norton. He used to show us how a steam engine would work. Um, it was fascinating. And he would give us Appalachian influence, uh, DVDs, books, things like that to keep, uh, which was a rarity. And he also had a sawmill that he had built from scratch, an original circular sawmill. Um, those kinds of things really helped influence me in that area. Mystic Valley of the Celtic Hill Clothed in isolation with a hunger to distill and all my labor if it ain't nothing more Made its ground running down that Highway 64 That is Highway 64, which leads off The Ballad of Aesop Finn, a song about the age-old moonshine trade and its moral and legal consequences. Highway 64 runs through Brevard, Barrett's hometown, which so often gets lumped in with nearby Asheville, which is much larger and has more notoriety. But Brevard, or Brevard as some folks like to call it, has a great deal to be proud of musically. Travis Book of the infamous String Dusters, Sarah Siskind, Jeff Sipe, Pretty Little Goat String Band, and Clint Roberts are just a handful of the artists who call it home. I asked Barrett about the artists there and the Brevard music scene. It's kind of all that and more. Uh, a lot of it is just locals, uh, good friends of mine, like, uh, for instance, people like Mark Queen. And, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Woody Platt and folks that when you get into Transylvania County and you start meeting people, you meet these amazing musicians that have been here for a long time. And that each one has the, has their own little style that they'll play of mountain music and, and their own story to tell and, and their own things that they can teach you. It's really awesome. How did you start working with people like Woody Platt and Jackson Delaney? Uh, with Jackson Delaney, I met him through the Goat Band. I'm really good friends with Josh Carter from the Goat Band. He is my business partner and uh, longtime associate in that in that realm. Um, and he, yeah, I have 
to say I, you know, owe him a uh, a good bit of my success in being a uh, a moral supporter, and also um, somebody with about you know six years more experience than me in being a grown up. Um, I I lend the hand with the carpentry, and um, and so far we've really formed a great team. With Jackson Delaney, we kind of moved into uh, playing together from the goats and and forming that uh, relationship together. He's really gotten to know my songs very well. Um, I would have to say he is my Jerry Douglas. I love him a lot. He's a good friend of mine. With uh, Woody, I did a job for him. Um, I think we met at Mountain Song Fest and a couple other places um, when I was playing with the Foxfire years ago. I did a tweener act, and um, I just remember he said, hey, I really love that Leaving Today song, man. Thought about that for a long time as a kid. Um, then as my business progressed, I think four years ago or so, he called me up to do some work for him, and it was this, uh, the beginning of our relationship, and since then, uh, yeah, mostly just casual friendship and a, and a very sporadic uh out of the blue call from from my end I just asked him hey will you sing on this track I this is my biggest vocal track I need uh, I need some power you know some power vocals hardcore and he really came through of course mm -hmm. I was very surprised that he said yes <laughs> Quiver by Barrett Davis, with Woody Platt joining him on vocals. It is a story of young, forbidden love, but as Barrett says, it is also a song about anyone with a love life restrained by societal norms or religious condemnation. We will get to where Barrett stands in regards to religion coming up, but first I asked about what he thought might be the best setting to take in the Ballad of Aesop Finn. <sighs> Far as environment, <laughs> yeah, a quiet space. Um, Aesop Finn is definitely a tune that I listen to still. Um, I don't know how many, how often folks listen to their records, but that particular track is one that, that makes me, um, emotional. I really enjoy the build. Um, 
I would say this best space to enjoy it would be in nature or um, in a quiet space because it's a really uh, reflective song to me. I don't think we talked about Aaron Aiken yet, but you've had a long association with him, and he's in a band called Pink Beds, which sounds nothing like the music that you're making, and I love that he's producing this. Can you talk about that? Yeah, Aaron has been probably my closest friend uh, for years. He was in the Foxfire with me from the beginning. Uh, He was in the Battle of the Bands with me in high school, and I remember we practiced so much, it was ridiculous. And uh, yeah, uh, getting to know him so closely uh, since I was, I think, 14 or 13 has uh, really helped me as a musician and challenged me in a lot of ways because he's so uh, phenomenally good. His um, his new act, The Pink Beds, are really awesome. I think I started recording this album with him um, Probably, he was still in the remarks, so I think it was 2018, and uh, getting to watch him practice. Uh, one time, Abby, Abby Bryant and the Echoes came to practice in his living room. Um, it was super cool, and then later in the day, we did some more recording on Highway 64, the, the track off of the album, be the first track off my album. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, really really awesome i i would say he is probably one of the most talented artists in this area and has just an amazing amazing uh talent for figuring out a sound and in its space see as i grew up i was in the 2010s era so being in the uh being in that era I went to Europe for a few years and or a few months and got to experience uh, in Amsterdam a lot of different indie folk and a lot of different things that were really prominent at the time. And I thought going into this album, I really love Charlie Crockett, I really love Sierra Farrell, and I really just love like this new vibe coming from all these amazing artists that's authentic, clean, no like funny business, and, and how they really pull that presence out. But another thing I realized about myself is like, I'm a 2000s boy and I'm going to come bring this in and I'm going to tie it in with my my bluegrass love. I'm going to tie it in with folk and country and see where I land in the mix. And that's really funny because I think the Ballad of Aesop Finn would be the first one we started with, me and Aaron. And then getting into that, um, that that was even before he was in Charlotte uh, with his first band, The Remarks. So... I guess I'll have to correct myself on that statement. And digging into that song, The Ballad of Aesop Finn, each artist came in and did something totally different. Each artist came in and played their part and asked me what should they play. And I just said, play whatever comes to your mind. (laughs) And that song is, I think it's the most well put together song on the whole album. With songs like Lazarus and the many lyrical references to the Bible in the Ballad of Aesop Finn, and knowing that he met his banjo player Owen Grooms in church, I asked him to touch on where he was coming from with that. Oh yeah, man. Um, personally, I I rely on uh, my relationship with uh, with Jesus to get me through. Um, it's it's been something that I've had as a journey since I was five or six years old. Um, 
it's not always the same journey. <laughs> Sometimes I'm what some would call, uh, you know, a non-believer, and other times I'm what some would call a fanatic. <laughs> um, it's interesting how it changes through your life. And, and now that I've gotten to this point, and now that I'm at this age, um, being raised in this area and being exposed to this area's religion and being exposed to also international religion and to get a chance to compare the two because I've, I've been able to leave this country and to see how others are worshiping as well. I honestly wouldn't know what to say to somebody except to just reach out and pray for them because it's such a strange uh, thing to think about religion. It really just comes down to uh, a relationship. I just communicate all day in my head. I, I'm a hundred percent on the go and it's just draining. That's what I do. This is how I get by. <laughs> I'm going to play one of the best, um, songs on my heart, uh, Lazarus. our episode with a live version of Lazarus by Barrett Davis, recorded live at the Albino Skunk Music Festival in October 2022. Thanks for listening. Southern Songs and Stories is a part of the podcast lineup of both Public Radio WNCW and Osiris Media, with all the Osiris shows available at osirispod.com. New episodes of this podcast are also available on Bluegrass Planet Radio at bluegrassplanetradio.com. We're glad you have played this episode and would be even more so were you to share it with someone. It is oh so easy to follow us on your podcast platform of choice, and then it'll only take a minute to give it a good rating and where it is an option, a review. Great ratings and reviews especially will make Southern songs and stories and the artist hit profiles more likely to be found by more people just like you. Thanks to Corey Askew for producing the radio adaptations of this series on Public Radio WNCW, our theme songs are by Joshua Ming. I'm your host and producer, Joe Kendrick, and this is Southern Songs and Stories, the music of the South and the artists who make it. 
is how you knew that it was me. You will see, you will see, you will see. 